you do the intro today. I'm doing the intro today. <laughs> All right. <laughs> there it is. What is going on, baseball fans? My name is Jack, or Baseball's Dirty Little Secret, joined here by Lorenzo, or Jack's Dirty Secret, and producer Wilson, as always. How are we doing today? Why have you taken my nickname away from me? The people want the Rumble Pony back. Let me ride free. Let me be free, Jack. No, I might be biased, but objectively, Rumble Pony is not that good of a nickname, I feel. It's a great nickname. I gave it to you. So it's like, I, I'm not being biased here. I just feel like I didn't think that would be the one that would stick. You know? I love it. I think the people love it. The Rumble Pony Army rides strong. You don't understand. We are a small but powerful group of people who are very mediocre mm-hmm. at most things in life. So let us have yeah. this name. You didn't like Jack's Dirty Little Secret? I do like being your dirty little secret. Yeah. But I think the people in the chat are going to be furious right now. The people in the comment section are going to lose it. They're going to say, let Rumble Pony ride. That is a good catchphrase. Rumble Pony rides strong. Or something like that. I like that. It does. It does feel good. But I'm doing good. Yeah. I got to do the intro today, so I kind of feel like you. I I understand why mm-hmm. you like to be a dictator so much. It makes sense. <laughs> but how yeah. you doing? I'm doing good. It's been rainy, and I kind of oh. like the rain. I do um, too. Yeah, been catching frogs, and it's making me think that I feel like there should be a team in some sort of major sport named after frogs. I feel like they don't get enough love. Olympic sport frog catching. Ooh, we can make that happen. That's a good one too. But I feel like, I think frogs make a better mascot. Like we need more amphibious representation. Is there a frog mascot in any like professional sports or minor league sports? I don't think team? so. A frog, a toad. I mean, the princess and the frog is really all amphibians film. get. That's all it's they good get. Film. I enjoy it. It is a good piece of film. <laughs> it's good critical literature. I have a question. Why are you catching frogs? I mean, if you see a frog, what are you not? Are you not going to catch it? Be honest, I don't think I've ever caught a frog before. That sounds like a gross time. Well, you have very large hands, and I think probably normal reflexes. Uh, maybe slightly below average reflexes. Slightly below average, but with the size of your hands, I think the drag to get the frog, I just don't think it adds up. So I don't. That is true. It's probably a good thing that you don't. I feel like you'd be good at catching maybe like a snake because you just grab it. I'm terrified of snakes, but I whack the crap out of a mosquito. Yo, if it's around me, dude, my hands are cleaning it out. Get out of here. I don't know if our listeners worldwide have been feeling this, but last couple weeks, the mosquitoes have just emerged out of anywhere. As I said, my bathroom's getting redone, so I'm peeing outside a lot. Mm -hmm. I take one foot, step out the door, and boom, they're all over me. So, like, I... Every time I have to relieve myself, I come in with battle wounds. Like, that is not, that's not the American dream. So, what is up with mosquitoes this time of year? I'm I'm confused. I got a quick ranking for you to open the show. Here we go. Okay, so rank the four things in these seasons that, like, you don't expect until it happens. I don't know if that makes sense. So, mosquitoes, pollen, defrosting your car, or raking leaves. Rank them in your least favorite to favorite. Ooh, Number one least favorite has to be mosquitoes. That's mosquitoes the are the – you never – you're like, I just want a nice July month, and then you never think about the skeeters until you're there, and they yeah. know you. They know you. <laughs> they do. I, yeah, I've got, I got that tender meat. Sleeper pick for summer is also sunburns. Like, they sunburns come out of nowhere. Suck. You normally get one bad one every year, and it's like, how does this always happen to me? You see, I'm kind of a golden caramel, though. I don't really sunburn. That's true, but you – You've probably gotten a few of those, like, real bad ones in your life where it's like, oh, how yeah. did this happen? And, and then, then, like, you, like, you shed your skin like a lizard, and you're just like, yeah. I'm becoming a new me. <laughs> yeah, you shed, and it's like, what? What? What is this? I um, suck being a dog. Just shed all the time. I know, yeah. Second worst is probably... What were they? Defrosting your car and then raking... Oh, pollen? Pollen's number... Pollen's number one for me because okay. pollen knocks me out harder than Mike Tyson in his prime, bro. When it's pollen season, I am out for the count. I hate it so yeah. much. I have like year-long allergies for some reason. It's the middle of December and I'm sneezing. I'm like, there aren't even any bees around here. What's going on? It's a bad time. Yeah, pollen's probably my number two. I think number three, raking leaves. Number four, defrosting my car. 
I just really haven't had an issue with defrosting my car in my life yet. But it's probably it's a coming. bad time. When it happens, it's it's like a the least of an inconvenience because you can literally just sit there and wait it out. Be like, it's gonna eventually melt. Yeah, it it's only an issue when you you make it an issue when you're already it's late true. for work. But I think it's That's preventable. A great point. The leaves, the pollen, the mosquitoes, that is just nature being difficult. Ooh, that's a great point. We could have gone shoveling here, but I kind of like shoveling if I'm being honest. I don't hate it. I'd rather shovel than rake. Oh, is that easy. Any day of the week. I'm totally shovel over rake. Rake is way more work because shovel, you can just kind of yeet the snow. Rake, you got to bend over, yeah. pick it up. It's a bad time. The picking up is the worst. Like, imagine you had to shovel all the snow into one pile and then pick it all up. Like, and... I, and every like, mom has that like weird two rake technique that they pull off, and I'm just like, how are you doing that? The, they like clamp it. The clampers, the claws, the leaf <laughs> Yo, claws. I'm like, dude, what? Or they go one hand, one rake. I'm like, I'm just picking this up right now. I'm just gonna get down on my knees. There's no good. It's like, oh, it's like picking up a bunch of wet ravioli. There's no good way to do it. <laughs> It's a bad time, but yo, moms go so hard at raking leaves. They're pros. So you got to tip a cap yeah. where respect is due. I've recently started just mowing the lawn when there's a bunch Ooh. of leaves and it just chops them all up. And it's, they're all still there. It's like the law <laughs> of um, spread them. You just spread the them. The law farther. of matter. Like everything that is will always be. That's not the that's not the law at all, but let's go with it. Put the um, law on the screen right now, Wilson, please. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll be up there. Probably won't. No <laughs> We're just being real. Wilson <laughs> sucks. Um, but so it doesn't actually clean it, but it just dissipates it into smaller pieces, and it looks horrible. more presentable. I get it. You could. It's like kind of like little sprinkles for your backyard, just like sprinkling Ooh, yeah. leaves. That kind of aesthetically pleasing. It is ice cream season, so let's go through your top three ice cream flavors, and then Ooh. rainbow or chocolate sprinkles. So. I might go vanilla number one. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm a plain type of guy. I like a good mint chocolate chip holds a special place in my heart. And then you got to go cookies and cream. Okay. So pretty, I mean, that's like standard. That's pretty. Yeah. Basic. I'm not a, I'm not a food and me don't really have a complex relationship. We've been married mm -hmm. for 21 years and we're happy. Yeah. You're kind of that sit on the front porch. Oh yeah. Kind of stage of your ice cream relationship. I'm a big two ice cubes in the lemonade type of guy, and that's how I sum up my ice cream relationship as well. Okay. I would go number one M&M for me. Oh, so I you're toxic right now. You're in a toxic ice cream phase. I am because it's like <laughs> it's so hard and crunchy, and the ice cream is so smooth and soft. They shouldn't mix, but they do. And then by the end, it's just like attacking your gums. Oh, my God. It's probably given me early onset gingivitis. I don't even know if that's a thing, but I'm diagnosing myself right now. Um, and then number two, coffee Oreo. Coffee Oreo goes so hard. That's a it surprise pick from you because you're not a coffee guy. That seems like a, that should be in my draft. I hate coffee, but I love coffee ice cream when there's Oreos in it. Ooh. So it's max. And Boom, then number three, nice. I'm going a twist soft serve with chocolate sprinkles undefeated in the summertime so you're a soft serve guy this is a development i am i i think honestly if i go out to get ice cream with anyone and they pick if they're saying oh let me get a vanilla soft serve i'm not gonna judge you if you get vanilla hard serve with no toppings then we have issues then i might trip you okay now i'm coming into the chat hot because i agree okay. with you on a soft serve hard, hard serve thing but i'm so out on ice cream toppings in general too yeah, much. Remember that phase too where, much. like, the, the frozen yogurt craze where it's, like, yeah. you get maybe, like, caramel ice cream and then put every topping it, known to man? Just put, like, your left shoe on it and you're, like, then you just yeah. – just to hit the weight to get it for free. And I'm, like, I don't I don't need all these gummy bears. I'll just pay the $7 and leave. But as a kid, those were tasty. They were tasty. Gummy bears, underrated candy. We should probably talk about some baseball. But first, Jack – we got to get to the sponsors. Oh, wait. We're sponsoring our own podcast, guys. No sponsor for this episode. So to help support the show, make sure you guys go leave a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or subscribe to the YouTube channel below. Let's do for the Apple Podcasts, go let Rumble Pony ride. Let that be the rating. Five stars. We appreciate all your guys' support. Thanks for checking out the podcast. We love you. Now let's talk some baseball, Jack. Or leave a real review if you want to review us, but do it five stars or we'll find your family. 
And yeah, we appreciate you all for listening. Best way to help the show is leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Even if you don't listen on Apple Podcasts, if you have an iPhone or a Mac, you can go in, leave a five-star review. It helps boost the show. We can make more content for you guys. And happy happy us, happy life. That's what they say. That is facts. By the way, if you didn't just see my modeling session on YouTube, you're missing out. Low-key should be a male model. Ooh. I should apply to be a male model. That'd be a good bit. All right. You should be a male model where you're only uh. in like – Mail delivery magazines like the would, like UPS. Yep, yep, just like a nice close up shot of me opening the mailbox, smiling at the camera, one thumb up. That's a great idea. Yeah. You have good shoulders to carry a parcel. I do. So I feel I like, do. yeah, you you got letter letter holding hands. So I think I could see you as a mail model. I, I'm into this. I could hold a good amount of letters. How many letters do you yeah. think you can hold in your hand? Over under fifty five. Oh, under fifty five. You, I think you're almost there though. I might be able to get 55 in these mitts. I got some mitts You might be getting there. Yeah. You know, we can make it happen. Let's talk some baseball, though. Astros versus Dodgers. A couple mitts on these teams, you know, if you know what I mean. They had a two-game set this weekend. Long-awaited Astros visit Dodgers Stadium. Fully loaded with fans. The first time since the cheating scandal has happened that this has happened. So, kind of slipped under my radar, by the way. Until, like, the day before. It wasn't like... We might have had this penciled in early in the season, but there wasn't a ton of hype until it happened. But then it happened, and it was a thing. Yeah, I think all the hype was for their first matchup, but then, like, mm-hmm. nothing happened. It was pretty boring. And then this time, I mean, Mac Scherzer mm-hmm. making his Dodgers debut against the Astros, who he beat in the World Series. Crazy stuff. Baseball's romantic sometimes. It's really it good is. at planning dates. Like, the third date baseball takes you on is nuts. You're not even ready for it. Yeah, I'd kiss Max Scherzer for sure, if that's what, if that was the question. I would try to avoid eye contact, though, because I might get intimidated. Yeah, close your eyes the whole yeah. date. Just, just close your eyes the whole time. Just like, where are we going? Just let him lead. Lead me to the promised land, Max. That's all I want from you. And there were a couple things that happened in the series. They split the set. Astros win game one. Dodgers win game two. Lance McCullough shoves. Walker Buehler looked good, too. How about that? But... Game one, there were two trash cans thrown on the field, Jack. A bunch of fan fights. When I say a bunch of fan fights, I say a bunch of fan fights. So what's your thought on that? Let's let's run those down. Trash cans and fighting. I don't even want to. Let's just get the fan fights out of the way because if you get in a fight what are you doing? over your favorite team, like a physical altercation, not just like leaving a hate comment on someone's like cap cut edit on TikTok. If you get in a fight... <laughs> At a stadium, there's something heavily wrong with your life. You're having you a bad day. You, yeah, you're having a bad year. You're having a bad several years. Your parents have had bad years. Your grandparents have had awful years. That shouldn't be happening. Like You you shouldn't be like, go Astros. Actually, no, go Dodgers because they have different men who play on a sport. I'm going to throw a, a tall boy, a Bud Light, at your dome. That That doesn't make sense. Don't fight people in the stands. The trash cans... So there's two schools of thought on this that we can really dive into. Like, it's the Olympics. Shout out to your girl, Simone Biles, by the way. Come back. Yo, my girl, Simone. Let's go, Simone. Claps in the chat. I love that. But go continue. We love Simone on this pod. So the first school of thought, is it funny? At first, yes. It, it, It was funny, and it's still a little funny, just the thought of throwing trash cans on the field. But the second thought that probably overwhelms the first thought, it's just, it's getting a little old. Like, little it's kind of like a meme. It's the meme of hatred. <laughs> We're getting deep today. Where it's like, right, it, it's funny to hate on the Astros for one year. A little weird the second year. We're going on three years now. The Roman calendar, third year of this. It's like, why? We need either something, we need new developments. But I'm not personally that pers- kind of guy to be like, we're never going to stop booing them because they cheated out of the 27 World Series. It's like, I just don't have that much hate in me to give that much hate to one baseball team. See, I just had two de- free developments in my head. Number one, I've known you for almost four years of my life now. And mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever seen you angry. Was I just angry? No, I'm just saying in general because you were talking about I don't have enough hatred in me. I don't think I've ever seen you mad at like literally anything. The only time I think I get mad is when filming videos. If you got mad at me, 
I think I'd be genuinely frightened. Like, I don't, like, I wouldn't know how to react. I'd be like, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm not intimidating, but I do, like, never get mad. So it would probably be, I'd be shaken up at myself. But a little behind the scenes, I get, when I'm trying to film a video, it probably looks a lot easier. Like, if, if I'm trying to get this one shot and it doesn't work, I'm throwing stuff. I'm, like, cussing out <laughs> everyone. I'm, like, I'm just going crazy. I'm, like, the Hulk. Yeah, you, you, Director Jack, is a scary man. Yeah. But I think, you see, I view the trash can thing as funny. It's kind of like when you see somebody tweet out like 69 and everybody replies nice. I yeah. still kind of chuckle at it. It's like it's there's still like a little, a little bit. I'm just like, eh, that, that's the thing. I'm more interested in the people who like went to a party, like a party store, like, yo, this is going to be great, and like bought the inflatable trash can and tried to sneak it in. That story I'm yeah. into. But like throwing it on the can, like it's good Instagram content. It's good. It's going to circle the baseball pages. Like it'll make its rounds. So I get that. I will say though, the fighting in the stands, bro. Those type of people, I'm like, you're just ruining your cause. Now you're the now you're the bad guys. Like everybody who's yeah. with you, like yeah, they cheated. Now you're just a bunch of really angry people. And also, you know how much it would take me to throw my lemonade at somebody? That's a seven dollar lemonade. I don't have that type yeah. of money. I mean, especially if it's an adult beverage. Like what? Oh my god! What are we Spend- doing here? Spend $12 on a Bud Light just to yeet it and maybe get a drop on the guy, but most likely you're going to miss because you dropped out of high school baseball to go do a bunch of drugs. Like, I'm not hitting this guy. Yeah, like, you can't fight people. Like, you can't fight people is kind of the rule. It's kind of the law. Like, don't hit people in the head. When you're in the stands of a baseball game, I don't know why people think it's okay. Maybe it's because they see people fighting on the field and the only punishment they get is, like, a fine. That's it's true. like, oh, it's it's okay. But you're not Joe Kelly. You're Chadwick Smith, who works in a lumberyard, and you can't just be swinging in the stands. I will say there was one video going around where, like, an Astros fan was being escorted out. I don't think he did anything wrong. I think they were just like, yo, you're not safe here. Let's get you out of here. We're going to move you. So I felt bad for the guy. But on his way out, some Dodgers fan just went full headbutt to the face. Just he used his head as a weapon. And you know how weird you have to be, to put it nicely, to headbutt somebody? That just sounds like a bad time. Even in movies, the character who headbutts people is the psycho. Oh, he's the psycho. Like a Hulk character. Second Hulk reference today. Weird day. Hulk. But, like, what? You, like, you have these things. At least use these. Also, how not intimidating do I look right now? <laughs> Chuck's <laughs> knocks right there. Yo Jack, yo, Jack walks up to you on the baseball field, ready to chuck him. <laughs> I really, I am so not confident in my ability to scare anyone off. Like, if say something mean to me. Actually, no. Don't. Yeah, I don't want to I'm that. sensitive. I know. Like, you'll cry after the pod. You say it won't matter, but then after the pod, we'll have, like, a group therapy session, and Wilson yeah. will try to bring his complaints, and yeah. you'll be like, no, this is about me. Oh, yeah, Bottom line, not this is not intimidating at all. I'm just saying, though, I don't understand the science of a headbutt. Like, how does that hurt one guy and not the other guy? Feels like you're both going down. There's some physics in there, I think. If one's moving, one's not the one not moving takes the force and the one that was moving passes all of its kinetic energy to the other head so i think all the trauma would be all the moving energy would be on the victim but it would still hurt the dome a little bit and that is dude. all science i got a c in physics junior year suck it really dude i got a d nice for you physics is tough Physics is a bad class i'm out on physics but hey don't fight in the stands L- other thing that happened is Correa hit a dinger off Joe Kelly. And Max Scherzer made his Dodgers debut and shoved, by the way. He's probably mentioned that. Good for you, Scherz. But Joe, Correa hit a dinger off Joe Kelly a year later after Joe Kelly kind of punked Carlos Correa in the last ma- matchup between the Astros and Joe Kelly, which set the free Joe Kelly movement and made him a hero of the internet. So baseball is an ironic sport in a weird way. It is, and I, I think you could tell the Astros story through that pretty well. Like, I, yeah. Correa is kind of the piece to me because he's had the bad comments during the cheating scandal. No one really liked him. Kind of had a fun playoffs, was kind of the hero for that Astros team, 
then had that Joe Kelly stuff, which he didn't... Joe Kelly won that. He won that battle pretty Joe easily. Joe Kelly punked him. <clears throat> yeah, and now Correa hits a home run off Joe Kelly. But I feel like now, like, that is such a long timeline. I'm at the point now where it's like, it's over. There's not, like, if they meet up again, I don't care. Like, it's not. The next time these two teams meet up, I'm fully, like, this is just a normal game. It feels like we're on season eight of Game of Thrones. We just needed yeah. to end. We all It yeah. was great while it started, but it's gone on a little long. If we get a World Series matchup from them, I'm into that. Build that hype up. I'm yeah. into that. Because there's, like, genuine hate between, like, the Dodgers fans and the Astros players. And, like, the Dodgers stadium was nut job when he asked, like, Altuve was at the plate. Great, great environment. I love that. Like, I love the on, like, the you come into our stadium, we're going to boo you. And then that part I'm into. But, like, the whole, like, off-field player fighting thing, I'm at the point where I'm like, we can probably get over that. I don't really need to see any of that anymore. Yeah, I... I wonder also because like the a big part of the Dodgers team this year is newly acquired players like you got Mookie, Scherzer, Trey Turner, Danny Duffy. Don't forget about Danny Duffy. Never forget about it, Danny. It's kind of it's a weird environment to just like plunk them in because it's like the Astros are kind one. of that same team, <clears throat> other than George Springer basically and some in like Verlander and some other dudes, but he's in the dugout. And then the Dodgers are like a pretty different team, so it's like what is. It feels like it's coming to an end. It should be. I like how much hate is there really? Yeah. Yeah. It's a good point. Ooh, what was the... Uh, I was going to say one more thing, but I, I kind of forget. Oh, the Astros? Dude, they're a really good team. Like, I don't know if we talk about that enough. They're kind of like... I have them as my World Series winner, and I don't even know if I understand how good that team really is. They're, like, loaded. Yeah, Astros are good, and they should have Verlander, too, which is crazy. Yeah, and that's it's kind of nuts when you like really think about it because like I was looking at that lineup and I was like, I already knew their lineup was good, but Jordan Alvarez, dude, it's just built different. And then Lance McCullough Juniors shuts out the Dodgers in Dodger Stadium in the most toxic environment you could be in a, a starting pitcher. That was balls. Then Carlos Correa yeah. goes deep in Dodger Stadium, even though they lost a game when everybody in the stadium is booing his face off and just pimps it. I love that. That's a ballsy team. That is a, like, I would not survive. <clears throat> not, mainly, basically the only reason I'm not in the MLB and I'm doing this podcast, mm-hmm. I don't think I could, like, when there's that many people just absolutely hating you, I'm just going to give up. Like, I'm like, all right, that's fine. Like, I'm not going to hit a home run off Joe Kelly. Is that that's the most me. underrated part of being an MLB player is getting booed at? Could you imagine in your everyday life, you're just in a grocery store buying bananas and people just start booing you. I'd be so confused. That'd be so sad. I'd be like, what's happening? So the MLB player would be like, you know what? I want these bananas. I earn these bananas. I'm going to pick the best banana and check out and not even like do some weird stuff at the register. I'm going to be confident. Us, we would be like, they start booing and we're like, should we get grapes? What? (laughs) <laughs> I don't know. I don't want the bananas. Have you ever been booed once in your life? Like, for real? No. Dude, that'd be, I'm kind of... I'm scared to be booed now. Like, if somebody boos me, I'm... That's a terrible feeling. I'm sure I've been booed, like, in a group. Like, during, like, school activities, maybe. Like, a, as a part of a group or community, I've been booed. But being individually booed is pretty alienating. Dude, Altuve is just trying to go hit a ball, and just hundreds of people are like booing him. That's a under. We gotta appreciate that more about these baseball players, because and if we, I've booed a couple players in my life, I'm gonna be honest. If, now I kind of feel bad. Like I don't want to boo anybody anymore. Yeah, that's that's pretty rude. I, I don't booing. I'm out on booing. But it, I mean, cheering does always need an opposite. That is true. I'm into cheering, but I'm out on booing. But anyways. That's a serious. Do you think there is an inherent good and evil in the world? Well, you're the evil and I'm the good. It's clear. All right. That's the easy way out of that question. Yeah, of course. You know, I know what I'm doing. We have to. (laughs) You tried to set me up. I got out of it. I No, I was just trying to get deep with you. God, we can get deep after the pod, not during it. Jeez. Jack, you want to talk about some players? Yeah. 
<laughs> Let's talk about some players we haven't talked about enough this season because we've been too busy listening to Jack get deep on the podcast. All right? God. So, that Jack. your worst segues ever. Hey, 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 hey. I think it was, it was one of my best. It, it, yeah, it actually might have been one of your best. It was one of my best. I'm going to be honest with you. Yeah. I'm performing at a, a level today that you just can't comprehend. It's true. So tell us who's been doing it lately. Give me a player who's been just st- star studying and we haven't talked about. A player we who's just been doing it. I want to start with a little precursor. Mookie Betts, who I've personally kind of trashed on a little bit. Mm. And he is now back healthy doing his thing not trashed i haven't trashed on him but he's been presently unpresent like you've noticed that he's not there and he's not you had some questions yeah so now he's he's back he's healthy he's doing the multi-home run game thing he does a lot so that's good to see very scary if you're not a fan of the dodgers so he's kind of my first before we get into the the core guys He's playing a little bit of second base. I see he modeled, modeled himself after you a little bit. You've had some influence yeah. on his life. The Dodgers, this is, this will probably be a good trivia question in the future. The Dodgers in one season had Mookie Betts, Corey Seager, and Trey Turner as middle infielders. That wow. is Wow. That's, that's a great a trivia question. That's a great trivia question, Jack. you got to hold on to that one. I, hold it tight. Keep it in your heart. Yeah, Mookie Betts, he's been lighting up. He's been doing it. Second base, right field. You can do it anywhere. Uh, did you see that diving catch he made? He did look like like a right fielder right there. I'm like, oh, he's just playing shallow. Yeah, he's an outfielder playing second base for sure. It was a cool look. Another outfielder we got to talk about, Bryce Harper, man, because I was so in on Bryce Harper last season. And then at the start yeah. of the year, I was in on him again. But somehow him and the Phillies have just, like, eluded me this season. They have. They've been ducking and dodging my attention. I'm like, I want to give you guys love. Like, I want to be in a long-term relationship. I don't want a one-and-done. But they just aren't into it. They're avoiding commitment. But I found Bryce Harper, his LinkedIn, and I figured out what he's doing this year, dude. He has a free 6 batting average of a 974 OPS and a 557 slugging percentage, which is just kind of insane. That's like MVP candidate with... Tatis potentially out for the year, with Acuna out for the year, with DeGrom potentially out for the year. I think Bryce Harper is currently your front runner to win NL MVP. Yeah, he's been he's been having a good year. And you're right, the Phillies have kind of been like they've just been so normal. And Bryce Harper, I think, mm-hmm. has been above average, but not like superstar. But I guess kind of like an overarching question about Harper that I've had and seen a lot is like, does he have the potential to return to his superstardom? Or is he, like, did he miss out? Like, Trout has will always kind of be there as, like, the goat. Like, people, that's his kind of thing. But has Harper, no matter how good he plays, has he just been replaced by Acuna, by Tatis? Like, did he kind of miss his shot? Because the time where he was most in the spotlight, he had a few of his not, not best seasons. Still good seasons, but not that like MVP year that people kind of hoped for. So can he return? Like is his character arc now slightly older Harper with the Phillies leading them to a championship like MVP Harper could, could that happen again? Or did he just miss his shot? See, I think, <clears throat> I think the MLB missed their shot marketing Harper. Well, like they're doing a better job with Tatis, Vlad and Acuna, but they kind of missed their wave with Harper Machado and like trout. They didn't really do a good job pushing them. Like, after the draft, I kind of, like, let them down, I feel like, a little bit. Well, they were all young superstars. I think tro- yeah, they're tricky. Yeah, they did miss them a little bit. But Harper especially had that kind of four years where it's like, what is he doing? He's, he's playing good, but he's just kind of, like, out of people's minds. I also feel like he became, like, a supervillain, which is just, like, not the role you want to embrace yeah. in, like, baseball. Same with Machado. Exactly. But now Harper is kind of like taken into the role of I'm the savvy veteran who's underrated and I love it for him. And I don't think he'll ever be able to like what you said, reach that level of like pure superstardom that like Tatis is at right now. But he's like baseball fans. Like if you're a baseball fan, he can definitely become the guy that you're like, oh, I'm the most afraid of him. Like, he's going to do it. He's been around long enough. He's seen it. He puts up a 950 OPS every year in Philly. Like, I could see it. And he could very easily win MVP this year. And now we're looking at two-time MVP Bryce Harper. True. 
not to get too ahead of myself, but I could see him as the clutchest 2026 trade piece ever. Oh, Harper 2026 Bryce Harper is going to do great things for a championship team. Like Harper to the Mariners or the Tigers or like the Marlins mm. halfway through the season, go on and win a championship, maybe a year and a half of them. Sounds nice. Guess how old Bryce Harper is. He came to the league so young, um, 2012, I think. Now it's 2021, so he'd be 32? 28 years old. My math was off on that one. He hasn't even technically, he's entering his prime right now. So I think we got to step back, all of us Harper haters, and kind of realize the dude's been doing it. He's amassed a 905 career OPS with a 140 OPS plus. How many dingers does this guy got? 249 dingers already. He's probably going to finish with 500 home runs. He's halfway there. Yeah, he is. I think there's nothing wrong with his play. I think the word. Oh, it's so tough. Because it's. I kind of blame it on the Phillies and him choosing to go to the Phillies in a way, which can turn around. But for the last couple seasons, I feel like the Phillies have kind of done him dirty in my mind. Not even the Phillies, but just like. The hype around the Phillies has not hmm. felt as strong as it was when he was on the Nats in that young stud. Well, I don't love the team building the Phillies have done. It's a very older roster. Yeah. There's not a lot of young guys coming through the system. But Bryce Harper, I do think we kind of forget because he got his contract and he's in Philly and they have been a little bit irrelevant the past couple of years that, oh, you know, Harper's just doing what Harper does. But if you're a player who's going to put in a 900 OPS every season with 30 dingers and a 300 batting average, I feel like we yeah. got to recognize that a little bit more. And also, don't look now, but the Phillies might win the division, Jack. They're a game and a half sure. back. And the Mets as soon are as, kind of plummeting. As soon as the, the Phillies make a run this year or next year, whenever it is, Harper will be leading that. And he'll be like, yeah, you forget they have Harper. Like, he's a dude. Let me paint the picture for you. Phillies, after being down in the division all season, they're game back right now. They storm back, and guess what? They're playing the—I think they're playing the Phillies. Yeah, the next series, Mets at Phillies. So, Ooh. with a game back, the, the Phillies are playing the Nationals, and then they have the series against the Mets, so they could be a half a game back going into that series. Phillies storm back. They take the division lead. They make the win the division, which scares them an NLDS spot. They get a five-game set against the Los Angeles Dodgers, they go Gibby, Nola, Wheeler. Next thing you know, they're in the NLCS. Gibby first. Yeah, I'm going Gibby first. Got to go Gibby okay. first. <laughs> Wheeler, yeah. it's probably Wheeler, Nola, Gibby. But you know what I mean. You're looking at, this could very easily, I might be getting ahead of myself, but we could very easily be looking at an October series where like MVP Bryce Harper and the free-headed monster of the Phillies rotation. Are they doing something right now? Definitely getting ahead of yourself, but I do. Just say it. Could happen. Did they make enough moves at the deadline? They got Gibby, and then they got uh, Kennedy for their bullpen, who's been a stud. And so I like that. And then they could probably kick Eflin back there when he gets healthy and he goes back to the playoffs. They scare that up. They got Archie Bradley back there. Their bullpen's the weak spot, but they can rake. They can pitch in the starting rotation. Like, they might. They're a flawed team. Like, their bullpen does not scare you. But they're also the team with, like, McCutcheon and Ramuto and Segura who could get hot. And you could be like, that's a scary team. Look at the Nats. I think they're very comparable to the Nats, maybe just a little bit less talented in the starting rotation. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, if that rotation continues to perform like it has, like then you have a, a pretty similar team. I think they are missing, like, it would have been great to see them go out and get, like, a Schwarber or something like that. That would have been nice. Um, I feel like that would have matched well, but I'm excited to watch the NL East. It's going to be, I think it's more fun if there is a team pushing against the Mets. We're going to get a Phillies-Mets thing. Braves maybe seem like they're tapering off a little bit, so it'll be fun. I agree. The next player who's been doing it, Walker Bueller. Not really a ton to say here. I just feel like we haven't recognized him enough because he's currently the, the, the tracking to win the NL Cy Young with Jacob deGrom out. He has a 2-0-3 ERA on the season. 213 year season. I'm sorry. 3.1 free FIP and 141 innings pitched. He's going to probably win the Cy Young if DeGrom doesn't start making starts soon, which he's not going to be ready to September. So I don't know if he'll qualify, which means as of right now, it's Walker Bueller, Zach Wheeler, or Brandon Woodruff, and Bueller's the front runner. 
Yeah, he's been shoving pretty low-key. Um, it's hard. Dodgers is tough to share spotlight time because there's so many stars, but Bueller's been, he's been doing it. And, like, I honestly am kind of part of this issue that we're bringing up right now because I have not, not cared about him. It sounds harsh, but I just haven't really seen him pitch. I haven't seen him do his thing, and he's fun to watch pitch. So I got to watch my first full Walker Bueller start against the Astros. He got touched up a little bit against a really good offensive lineup, but, dude, his stuff is nasty. His slider, change-up, fastball, like, it's electric. I remember he debuted in a 2018 World Series against the Red Sox, and I was like, oh, this kid's the only game they won, and I was like, this kid's the balls. He was, like, my favorite pitcher yeah. for a while. He was still one of my favorite pitchers. The guy's nuts, and his high leg kick oh, just does it for me. So Walker, if he gets a Cy Young in the bag, and then it's free Cy Young winners, four, wait, four Cy Young winners, David Price, Walker Bueller, Max Scherzer, and Clayton Kershaw, they're all on that team. And, perfect segue, the Dodgers signed Cole, Cole Hamels, so that'd be a fifth. That is true, and do you, do you have any hope for Cole Hamels? Is he going to do anything? How do you feel about that move? I mean, I feel like he will because the Dodgers signed him, so I feel like Doesn't he's going to throw a no-hitter like that, right? in the World Series. I saw the move, and I think my—I was like, oh, Cole Hamels. Did, that's about it. I was just like, oh, that's a name I know. Yeah, it's cool to see him back. I've, like, I was so hyped when the Braves got him, like, what is that, two years ago now? Yeah. And it never worked out because he got hurt, and then six-game season was weird, and now he's back on the Dodgers, so hopefully we'll, we'll see what he can do. I don't know really what. Probably one of those signings that's like we're probably not going to see him pitch, but— if yeah. everything goes to plan, he could be starting the World Series. Who knows? Him and Corey Kluber, very similar career paths. Kind of ended up yeah. in the same place. And it's a little sad. Yeah. The next two guys we got to talk about, Cedric Mullins of the Orioles. Not a ton to say here because the Orioles kind of suck. Or they really suck. But the guy is a 931 OPS, 546 slugging percentage. He's been doing it all season. Maybe one of the best outfielders in the AL at the end of the year. So, claps for him. And then Buster Posey. He missed last year with... He had triplets, COVID, so he sat out. This year, he was minor yours comeback player of the year in the NL. Which one of us picked him? You? You Mine. have met your NL comeback player of the year. And Jack, you're looking real good. 961 OPS on the season. 541 slugging percentage. 326 batting average. The guy's just an absolute superstar. When he's on the field, he still is the best catcher in baseball. And we forgot about that because he missed a year. The dude's 34 years old and just an absolute stud. Yeah, he feels, because he's a catcher, he feels like he's 47. But he's Doesn't still, he? like, in, like, if he was a DH, he'd be in a prime of his life. So he's going to be telling it. And a big reason the Giants are the best team in baseball right now. Like, he, because you got Buster Posey, one of the best catchers ever behind the plate. I think that is a key component that people are forgetting. It's like, what a casual fan might be like, why are the Giants on the Dodgers right now. It's like because you got B pose. You got Buster Posey. Also, those offensive numbers are so good to see if you're a Giants fan because he's gonna become a DH and Joey Bart's gonna take over behind the dish. And if he can produce like this, you would love to have him as your everyday DH when they put that rule in the NL. That's a great time for you. So Buster Posey, I love 38-year-old Buster Posey just hitting 280 with 40 dingers on the season. Oh, yeah. that that gets me going. I love 38-year-old Buster Posey if he's doing anything. I'm just a fan. I'm a fan of Buster Posey. One of those players who was so good for such a period of time and we're just like, oh, same with Harper. We just kind of moved on to the younger, better ver Not better, but the younger versions that a little bit more hype. And then you're like, oh, these guys are still doing it every day. True. I'd also like to, before we move on, give some quick credit to the Detroit Tigers really quick. Because they do have the best record in baseball in the American League since the All-Star break. They've been killing it. They're, I think they're 53-58 and 58 now. They just beat up on our Boston Red Sox. So, Tigers fans, you probably have a little hope right now. That's cool to see. Something we haven't seen in a minute. So, Tigers are almost fun. They're getting there. And Miguel Cabrera coming up on 500 dingers. So, that would be cool. True. When he hits that. Miguel Cabrera, I wish we got to see. I wish I was like more into baseball like really into it when he was like the prime of his career yeah i don't even know what the comp would be for today's game it's changed a lot but i guess like a vladdy that's more contact based more contact more dingers and did it for like four years in a row 
Yeah, but he was just like, he does up in the box. He can't run, but he's just going to put the ball in the gap or over the fence every time. Crazy to see. So I kind of wish I got to see him in prime pool holes more, but old man Miggy. We said that he was our first episode of the year. He had a home run in the snow. We were like, old man Miggy, is he back? True. Now he's coming up on 500 home runs. So that's called a full circle. I almost said irony. A full circle. We love that. That's called hierarchy. We love that too. Jack. Two more, one more thing, and then we got a game plan. So if you guys like a game, mm. we got a cool game plan for you. The Atlanta Braves recently had a stretch where they played 19 straight games where they did not win or lose more than one game in a row. They just alternated win loss, win loss for 19 straight games. They finally broke that. They want, I forget who they beat. I can look it up right now. I should probably know that. But they broke that streak the other night by winning the second game in a row for the first time in 20 games. And I just wanted to hear your thought on this streak because I was a little upset that it ended. This is one of those things where it's like, why do I care at first? But then you really think about it and it's like, that is crazy. Like, imagine you probably don't realize it's happening until near the end of the streak. But just Mm -hmm. every night a win and then a loss. Then a win, then a loss. Then a win, then a loss. It's kind of like... What is that called? Chinese water torture? Uh, yeah, let's go with that. It was the Cardinals who they beat while you're making comparisons to Chinese water torture. I was just looking at the Braves schedule. I don't know how we got yeah. here. It's like you're not getting thrown into the ocean with a five-game losing streak. You're just getting slowly dragged through the sand. See, I saw a Braves fan said, I would rather an 18-game losing streak than this. I thought that was a little bit much. I was like, I wouldn't I would It's a little that. bit much. It's a little bit much, but I get it. it because it is like... Momentum killer. You, you want to lose, you want to win, you want to have momentum, or just com- like staying completely stagnant, like river water in a little ditch by the side that is all bacterialized. It's almost like somebody just simulated the Braves schedule and like MLB the show. And it was yeah, just like, exactly. Win-loss, win-loss. That's, and it was like, oh, we're, just, we're in October now, and now I got to start playing to dial it up for the postseason. They, the Braves have been doing that thing where when you're in your backyard and you're like, two outs away from the world series like ball strike like you gotta like fix the games so like you make it to like game seven yeah make it full <laughs> count bases loaded that's what the braves are doing they're like oh we don't want to win too many we don't lose too many win loss win loss win loss win loss and then they just do that for a month like what it, it's like that moment as a fan when you're going to a game where you're like i want a close game i don't want a blowout because i want to have an entertaining game that's what the braves have been doing we want it to be close in the final months of the season, so we don't blow everybody out. We have a close division race. I just my biggest takeaway from this is being a baseball fan, or me personally at least, it's so momentum based. It's dangerous because honestly, what the Braves have did didn't really hurt them or really gain them anything. No, they're that, in the exact same spot as they were. Yeah, it's kind of crazy the same spot. But for us, like the Red Sox, have been losing a bunch. I'm so hopeless. But if they win seven games in a row, World Series bound. So it's really, you want that momentum and just staying stagnant is really like, we don't care about the Braves at all right now because they've been so stagnant. Even if they win three games in a row, which you want, you're like, yeah, my team won three games in a row. We're going to the World Series. But then you should lose three in a row the next time. But just go on every other. It almost is just you're frozen in time like a Neanderthal in an ice cube. It's a tough way to live. It is kind of crazy, though, that they had that for a month and a half, and there are still, like, two games of division. Like, while they were just, like, playing ping pong with their schedule for a month, no, the Mets or the Phillies, like, didn't separate at all. Like, they would just lose two in a row, then win three, then lose four. Like, they had, like, the same record, basically, but just in a different way. But we talk about the Braves because they just, like, went back and forth. The NOE is a mess. The NLEs could not get weirder. And this is probably not even the weirdest thing we'll see all season. So buckle in, folks. We still got two more to go. Jack, are you ready to put on a suit and tie? Never, really. Well, you're going to have to put a suit and tie on. Because I want you to be the commissioner of baseball for a minute. And I want to go through some stuff. And I want to see how you would respond to it. So, Jack, if you were the commissioner of baseball, what would you do about robo-umpires? So are you going to give your opinion too? I'll give my opinion in a shorter version. Okay. Robo-umping, I'm heavily against. I feel like you're on the same page as me, but I, this I is on my one thing 
that I think could, this sounds dramatic, but really like ruin the game, even though I don't think anything could ruin the game, but RoboUmps seems like it could really just divert the idea of baseball and what we know baseball as. I think even when there's a really bad call, it's an overreaction to say, I want a robot strike zone, because I think there's so much more that comes with that, even more so than what comes with an Angel Hernandez. So I'm pretty against RoboUmping. Only exception I'd have is have a real person behind home plate. Everything else is just video review, like a close play at second base or at first base. You can probably have a camera there and robot ump that. But I think home plate is built in the game, similar to maybe like a pass interference call or like a foul call in basketball. It's There's a lot of human element into it that I've just grown to like enjoy. So I'm pretty against robot umps. See, I am with you. That's my one no, like hard no, just because I yeah. love watching a game in the first inning and being like, all right, what's the plate looking like tonight? Is he giving us that low inside pitch today or is he squeezing us there, but you can get the high strike? The low one's not there, but you can get the high strike tonight. That's this umpire zone. And I understand pitchers and hitters would be like, it makes their job harder and it creates like an imbalance, but usually it kind of evens out. Like I'm if you go look at like those Twitter accounts, like umpire scorecards, most of the time it evens out. You got Angel Hernandez. You got like guys like that who do a bad thing. But I love the human element. I love pitch framing. I love the little the games that go on. Like that part of it, I'm super into. Just get better umpires. Just like maybe don't let Angel Hernandez call games anymore. Or Joe Buck. Not Joe Buck. Poor Joe Buck didn't do anything. <laughs> Joe West. Joe, Joe West. Like cut out the guys who are just bad at their jobs and just have like – I don't know, younger umpires who maybe can see, and then I'm into it. We get one guest on the podcast next week. Is it Joe Buck, Angel Hernandez, or Mike Trout? We get a pick from those three. It's Joe Buck. Joe Buck? It's Joe Buck. Angel Angel Hernandez would talk way too much about himself, and I don't want to handle that. Mike Trout probably I'd get nervous and pee a little bit. And then I'd be like peeing while I'm talking to him because I'd be so scared. I'd be like, you're like my hero. You're always peeing. We got a little pee bag on your leg. But Joe Buck, I'd be like, let's huck it around with Buck. Let's go show the football. I would love to go play catch with him. Just like toss the pigskin around. Yeah, Joe Buck, I've seen some interviews with him. He is a fun guy. Seems like, like a fun guy. He's a fun guy. Yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah. Joe Buck it is. Next one, Jack. Extra innings rules. So they have the runner on second. In the Olympics, I think they're doing runner on first and second to start yeah. the to start the game. So we can talk about that if you like that one better or not. But extra inning rule, runner on second. Manfred came out and said, no, I hate that rule. How do you feel about it? Uh, was that Manfred's direct quote? <laughs> yes, I'm directly quoting Rob. Robert P. Manfred, the third of England. No, I hate that rule. That is what he said. And you can quote us on that. This one, I was pretty against, and honestly, we haven't seen, maybe there just hasn't been that many extra innings games lately, but I feel like the slander towards that rule has really died down. People don't really care about it anymore. People don't got the energy to fight that anymore. They've given up. That's true. It's like we lost. (laughs) It's a long season. I feel like I'm more neutral with this. I could get used to it, but I do think the way that you can just bunt and sacrifice fly is pretty upsetting or even we saw the Red Sox versus the Yankees it was a couple wild pitches and then the Red Sox yeah. won in extra innings so there is some, it creates some weird rules so I'm probably leaning against it but it's it's not won me over but made me more neutral than I originally once thought it's bad baseball like extra innings now is not a like good brand of baseball it's very not weird fun. but I've kind of accepted it I'm just like okay yeah, and yeah. I'm not into the 19-inning games or the super long games, so it feels like it's saving the pitching staff. And if once going from 60 to 162 reminded me of anything, it's like, damn, this season's long. So maybe having a game in June and in 10 innings instead of 18 isn't a super bad thing. And I don't – I don't know. I kind of enjoy, like, the strategy of, like, a hitter or, like, a team being like, we're good at bunting, so we're going to win this game now. It does kind yeah. of make me like, oh, okay, every now and then. I think whatever is decided on, if it stays or goes, people will be able to adapt. Like, if it is just a thing, I think 
there'll be more strategy behind it and people will just grow to like it. And if it's not a thing, people will just go back to normal. But I do agree there should probably be something to avoid those 19 inning games, but I hate ties. I do not want the tie. <coughs> so I'd rather have the runner on second base. Maybe just put it in like the 12th inning or something like that. I'd be, I'd be fine with that. Move it back to the 11th. I'm 11th inning. Give me the 11th. Give me one inning of free ball and then wrap it up. But I do feel like it'd be stupid to get rid of it now because implementing anything in baseball is like – I'm a fan too. I get angry about change in baseball. I, I can be a little hesitant. I'm open to it, but like it's hard sometimes to change the game with any of these rules. But like you said, you've already gotten past that. Like people have kind of accepted this is the way of life now. So removing that and then trying to implementing it two years down the road, you're just going to restart the bat. Like now you got to leave it. Yeah. It's here. We're used to it. Leave it. Which is why it's so interesting that Rob – Little Robbie so has said weird. it's probably not going to stay. So, I mean, make, make people happy, though. I I am not sad to see it go. It would be interesting next year when it's like, oh, yeah, we got to throw out 10 relievers now. It's like, oh, okay. A little weird, but I it's very odd to see Manfred, like, ruin, like, not ruin a rule, but come out against a rule that, like, he implemented in the first place. It was like, eh, that's a little odd. Shortened season or shortened gains, Jack. How do you feel about this? I'll also tie this in with the mercy rule. Because shortened games, mercy mm-hmm. rule. We've talked about shortened season before, so maybe focus on shortened games. Yeah, so the shortened season, I think we both agree we're down for it. If it's like shorten the season by like a couple games, it'd be a really hard Shave adjustment. But seems like whatever. I'm not really a little afraid. haircut. I can accept a, a trip. A little haircut. Yeah. It doesn't really affect us as fans that much, really. Less yeah. baseball, I guess, but you know. Then the shortened games, so is this the seven-inning doubleheaders or just like seven-inning games? So I feel like seven-inning doubleheaders and also a mercy rule. I don't know how you want to set it because I've seen a lot of people on the internet debate over this. I feel like seven innings is a good mark. If we're doing seven-inning doubleheaders, that means we accept a seven-inning game, which means like, I don't know, what is it, seven runs after seven? You could be like, all right, we're going to call it now. I'm not a huge fan of the seven-inning doubleheaders. Um, and the mercy rule, I feel like it would have to be such a crazy number for me to like be okay with it, that it's like, why even implement the rule? Like a 21, 20 run rule. Like that doesn't really happen that often. Yeah. I don't know. I kind of feel bad for the fans. If you're at a game and like the team's just like, oh, we're going to mercy this and they got to go home early and you left out a mercy. That's kind of, even if your team's getting, or if your team's blowing them out, it's always great to be in the stands during a blowout in the final couple innings. You're just laughing it up, hucking it up. There's no pressure. So I'm kind of out on the mercy rule, but I'm in on the seven inning doubleheaders because players like it. If players like it, then I support it, but I'm out on the, the mercy rule because then like, I don't know. You you ruin the fun moments in baseball. It's like Anthony Rizzo's pitching to Freddie Freeman right now. Like, I have a fun time with that. Yeah. And something that ties into that perfectly, position players pitching, was kind of something that oh, good old Robbie, Robbie Man Man threw on the survey. Apparently, this is something that could be getting gotten rid of. Who hates that? I've never met anybody in the world who's like, oh, I don't want to watch German Mercedes pump fastballs down the middle. What? Yeah, I'm pretty pro position players pitching. I feel so like into it. as content creators, like that's we like that's fun. That's fun baseball. As fans, it's fun baseball. You always want to see your favorite player on the team who can throw a little bit, who pitch a little. Brett Phillips, like, yeah. are you gonna take that moment away from us? Like, I've never seen anybody complain because if your team's losing and your position player's going out there, you're saving your bullpen and you're having a fun story out of a bad game. And if you're the other team. You just won by 20 runs. So what are you upset about? You're having a great time too. So I don't get that one at all. Let position players pitch. Yeah, I guess the counter argument could be like implementing a mercy rule so that wouldn't have to happen. But sometimes it's like 10 to nothing and a team will throw in a position player when it's like, it's happened before. You can score 10 runs in an inning, but it's more of just like surrendering the game. So it's like, you could just be like, oh, we surrender the game in the third inning if it's 20 to nothing. But then again, like the fans and that affects everything. So I'm interested to see their proposals for it. But I feel like all those things are lumped together and they have to work together perfectly. Or I'd kind of rather just have it be the same. 
yeah, uh, just leave it. I don't think anyone's clamoring for it to change, so don't change it. Yeah. The next thing, people have been clamoring for this one for years, the shift. I'm pretty firm on just banning the shift in general. Mm. You have to have two players on the right side, two players on each side of the bag. Go do whatever you want with that. But two players on each side, have a day. This one's super interesting to me. I feel like we haven't really talked about this on the pod before or ever. In our Maybe a while ago. Private lives. Maybe, yeah. But I'm, I really am lost on this one. I don't know how to feel because I like the strategy of the shift. It's kind of fun. But also it adds nothing to the viewer experience. Mm. Or Because you don't even see when the players are shifted. You can't even tell until there's a ball hit up the middle and it's right to the player. So, I mean, it is offense or it is anti-offense. Or no, is it pro-offense? It's anti-offense and anti-defense. It's a little bit anti-both. Because yeah. you're you're moving players into a position where they don't have to be athletic, which takes away, like, highlight reel plays from, like, Tatis or, like, Machado or something. And it also limits hitters from, you know, you're trained to hit the ball. Like, hit it on the ground to this spot, you'll get a hit your entire life. Then you get to the major yeah. league level and there's a guy standing there. It's a little weird. I like it. Because I want to ban it because it creates more action. I don't know if it might create more offense. I just think it creates more reasons to, I don't know, hit the ball and like try to get on base more, which I like because that just creates more action in a game. It's definitely pro offense. Banning the shift would be because you can hit the ball up the middle. Really True. sucks because playing baseball growing up, the one thing you do every practice, every batting cage session, hit the ball up the middle. And when Javi Baez is standing on second base, just ready for that line drive. Kind of unfortunate, but also, like, good for Javi for knowing to play there. But I think I kind of like the idea of the two players got to be on each side of the bag. You can't have an outfielder in the infield, maybe. And you know. can do whatever you want with the two players on the bags. They can stand wherever they want. But, like, yeah. I don't know, it creates more opportunity to have players have range. Like, we talk about Nolan Arenado's range, but how much have you seen that this year? Because whenever there's a player that you think you're going to hit to that side of the field, he shifted. So... He doesn't have to make any range because there's four guys standing right there, and it's going to go right into one of their gloves. So shift, I'm kind of out on. Ban it. Let me have more stars in the game. Let them do their dang thing. This one, there's a couple more I want to get to. This one is a big one that I saw because the Dodgers trade for Max Scherzer and Trey Turner. A salary cap in the MLB. Mm -hmm. Jack, go ahead. Right now, I think we the MLB does not need a salary cap. But I do get it because the big teams, big market teams spend, and the small market teams seemingly cannot win championships because they just cannot sign the players when you have the Dodgers signing so many players. So I get that part. But the simple fix seems to be have small market teams, like, I don't know, like not trade away their good players? I have a really big fix for this. If you're a fan of a small market team and you want the salary cap, you need to stop, look in the mirror, and realize your team can spend the exact same amount of money as the LA Dodgers do. The Dodgers make a lot of money, but so do the Oakland A's, and so mm. do the Tampa Bay Rays. Guys, these are billion-dollar teams. These are billion-dollar organizations. They play for a billion-dollar, billion with a B. If the Oakland A's wanted to pay Max Scherzer, $300 million tomorrow, guess what? They're still going to be millionaires. Billion, 100 millionaires. Easily. They self-impose. They're a small market team because they make themselves a small market team. Yeah, you don't have a yeah. giant fan base, but you'd have more fans if you were signing Max Scherzer. They don't invest as much in their team. The Dodgers and the Yankees make more money. Yes, they spend more money consistently. Yes, but the A's and all those teams, we wouldn't need a salary cap if you guys spent more money. The Rays would never trade for Chris Bryant or Max Scherzer. They're just not gonna. Exactly. Even though they, they can could. afford it. They can afford it. Yeah, they just they don't want to. That's kind of their business strategy. I think this is all perfectly summed up with Steve Cohen. He comes in and says, I'm rich. I'm very, very rich. I'm the owner of the Mets now. I'm going to put, let's put some money into it. And it is really, I think, one of the worst things in sports to make when you mix that big business side with the fun side because it kind of takes away from what that game you watched as a kid is growing up but it is a business and it's kind of 
it sucks to see, but there's also baseball elements, like how good your farm system is, how good your coaches that you can create prospects, like the Dodgers have to trade for Max Scherzer. But the Rays and A's, they make a lot of money because they don't spend $300 million at on one player. Exactly. And also, guys, oh, dude, I had such a good thought and it's slipping out of my mind now. Oh, no. Oh, we as baseball fans, I have never once seen the Red Sox sign anybody and be like, wow, that cost the team a lot of money. I hope John Henry can afford that. Yeah. Why do we why do we think like this? Who cares if the Mets spend two hundred and eighty million dollars this offseason? As a fan, that should never cross your mind. How much money the team is spending if they're overspending should never cross your mind. Why do you care? We're fans of the baseball players. I am not rooting for Steve Cohen to make nine billion dollars. I could not give less of a poop. I just want to see the Mets have a really good team. So spend all the money you want. No salary cap. I'm never going to be upset at the team like the Dodgers for get, doing their best to give their fans a good product. Why would I be upset if, if with that? We, if we do have a salary cap, we're going to see a lot of AAA players playing in the MLB. Facts. And we're gonna, the product's going to be dwindled. And guess what? Your favorite player is going to make less money, and the owners are going to make more money because now there's a salary cap, so they can walk up to a Max Scherzer and say, hey, we can't pay you $30 million because we got to sprinkle this around our roster. So now players make less money, owners make more money, and guess what? Your team's still not spending any more money. The Dodgers are yeah. still going to hit the salary cap, and the A's are still going to spend $30, $30 on their whole roster. A salary cap may even it out a little bit, because the Dodgers and Yankees do obviously have a crazy um, salary cap. But we have, I mean, the best team in baseball normally doesn't win the World Series. And just because you spend the most money on your roster doesn't mean you're the best team. But it does mean that you're trying and you're putting money into your team. So, yeah, it would help, like, maybe potentially balance out in the short term. But the long-term effects on baseball would... It would stint growth. It would make it less enticing to go play baseball as a kid because you know how much money you can make there's a cap and like maybe in the nba there's a cap as well but you know that cap's rising up and i promise the mlb cap won't rise as fast so you know i'm gonna go play basketball instead make more money no don't root for the owners root for players no cap sorry i got heated on that i'm sorry no cap no cap i know so that gets that's maybe my biggest pet peeve as a baseball fan when like i see like a twitter post like how are we giving this guy three million dollars a year blah 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 i'm like who cares who literally cares yeah, it really doesn't affect you. I mean, that's a crazy amount of money. I wish I was getting that type of money. But one rich guy decided to play one guy who didn't throw a ball hard a lot of money. That's really what it is. Yeah, I'm not losing any money in this situation at all. Yeah. And at the end of the day, when that contract's gone, didn't affect me. So I don't really care. Last one we could get to, unless you want to do another one, but I feel like we can wrap it up on this one. The one-game yeah. wild card. Now, this is a good, very timely topic because we mm -hmm. could be looking at two powerhouse NOS teams in a one-game wildcard. And a lot of baseball fans don't like it because it's the exact opposite of what a baseball season is. Jack, how do you feel about the one-game wildcard? I kind of like the chaos of it. I love it Even so when it, if, if there is Padres-Dodgers, kind of in on it. It just creates more hype for that team. And the losing team, obviously, it's heartbreaking. Obviously, you're so not going to like that rule. But the winning team... You survived that round, and now you can live to fight another day into that five-game set. I really like it, but at the same time, if they got rid of it, I'm fine with that because that just means more playoff baseball. So either this is a win-win for me. It's really just up to, I don't know how you make that decision, but I think either way, it's awesome. 26 fan bases' favorite night of the year is the one-game wild card. If you're in it, yeah. it sucks. And two fan bases are going to complain about it. But the other 26 are having a great time because it is baseball at its yeah. finest. Your best players against our best players. One game to win it all. And I love how different it is in the season. Like you play 162 games and then you got to come down to one. It's so beautiful. And also I like that it emphasizes the importance of winning your division. And dude, like if the Red Sox are in a one-game wild card, I guarantee me and you are going to use lose years off our life this year. Oh, yeah. But when it's all said and done, a month after they win or lose, it's going to be a great time. Be, that was fun. It's a good time. It's, it's like the Hunger Games. It's, people it are really going to get is. hurt. But it was a good entertainment product. It, it, it did its purpose. So one-game wild card, yeah. I'm in. And I would never complain about my team losing in a one-game wild card. I'm just not like that. I'd be like, okay. 
We lost. Until the Red Sox lose in the wild. If card the Red Sox lose in a one game wild card, things. I'm coming on this. Oh, you dude, we haven't watched a sports game together in a while. You forget how angry I get at sports. It's very scary, yeah. Uh, people aren't ready to see live streams. I'll have to dial it back a little bit, but I get like very upset. I'll mute you. I'll have the mute you button should. ready. Because I get I get intense, especially <laughs> when like it's the chips are on the line. Like it's hard to get that intense for like a July game of baseball. Like I'm not gonna be throwing stuff at the wall, but like if my season's yeah. on the line, we're talking. That's why playoffs are the best. It really is. But that's what we would do if we were commissioner. Commissioner Jack Doyle, come into you 2027. I like that. Ooh, 2027 is going to be a great year for you. I'll be 27. Mike Trout's number. Um, The year you die, I think. Yeah, that's, that seems like I have that booked on my calendar. Probably. Wilson will be long gone. Wilson's dead by that. He's not yeah. making it. Yeah. His grandkids will be with us, though, forever. Oh, yeah. Producer grandkids. Producer Wilson's grandkids are just running, running the pod. We're just both done. Yeah. Yeah, the, they'll overtake at least one of us as a host. Oh, for me for sure. And then you'll be held captive yeah. against your will. Yeah, I'll be commissioner. But I'll be commissioner, so maybe they just fully... I'll be commissioner, you're dead. That's our future. <laughs> 2027, our year, guys. Book it in your calendars. Year. The yeah. year of We Got Ice. <laughs> Speaking of We Got Ice, you should go leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Helps the show, helps us, makes us smile, and helps our dentist. We love supporting the dentist. Oh, I'm actually out in the dentist. That's for another day. But go leave a five-star rating. Subscribe, guys. Turn that notifications on. We appreciate all you guys' help. Follow us on Instagram and TikTok at We Got Us Baseball, Twitter, We Got Us BB. You guys have been crushing it lately. Pods have been doing great, and we just love doing them. And guess what? We'll be back on Tuesday with another one of these podcasts, Jack. Can you believe that? Gas. Wow. Wow. All right. We'll see you then. Take it easy and stay chilly. Peace.